Heavenly Father, we praise you because you sent your son Jesus into the world because of your great love for us and he saved us and we have nothing bigger than that to give you praise for and that is amazing and we praise you that because of that we know we have eternal life and we praise you that you gave us your word, the Bible, that we might hear from you. We praise you for all of your other blessings to us and we praise you for this building. Uh, the round, we praise you that you have um, given us uh, the funds and worked in people's hearts to make them generous, to make this possible. We praise you and thank you that people gave up so much of their time and energy sacrificially to make it possible so that more people can hear from this book, which is so precious because it's your voice, your words, the words of the God of the universe. And Father, as we come to this word now, I pray that you would do something that I can't do, which is that you would take these words and you would change hearts. I pray for the people in this room that not one person would ignore what you have to say. I pray that we would go out realizing how much of a big deal you are, excited by that, and ready to live all of our lives for you. I pray that tonight people become Christians, and I pray that tonight we would all be motivated to live on your purposes. Amen. Well, good evening, EV Youth. How good is this? Oh, man. It is so good to finally be in here. Um, it's good to have you guys in here. Um, you guys are the first group of people to officially use this building, and that's so appropriate because it's you guys, more than anybody, who'll be responsible to make sure that this building keeps preaching the truth about Jesus. And it's good to celebrate tonight. Hasn't it been fun up there? We've got dance floors and slip and slides and hanging out to come. It's good to celebrate what God has been doing this year, and it's good that there are so many empty seats, lots of room for your friends to hear about Jesus. Because if you look around, I reckon you could potentially ask the question, is this building just a little bit too big? But that all depends on who it's for, doesn't it? See, if this is a building for us, you could potentially say, yeah, this is actually a little bit too big. Uh, but I don't think it's too big. In fact, I think possibly it's even a bit too small. I want to show you something. This is from the bit that, uh, uh, that Miriam just read out, and it's from Revelation chapter 5, verse 11, which if you've got a Bible, would be great to read along with. But if not, I'll just read it out to you. And I really want you to hear this. It says, Then I looked, he's having a vision, and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders and in a loud voice they are saying, and we'll pause there. Because if you thought that this room was big, you need to get a load of God's throne room. See, I don't think you're supposed to get your calculator out here and go, well, okay, what's 10,000 times 10,000? By the way, it's 100 million. But I don't think you're supposed to do that um, that's not how you read Revelation. It's not like that, but I did it anyway. Um, I got my calculator out, and, and I made some calculations. And so here is a picture of just how big that crowd would be. Now, I don't know if you can work this out, but I'm, I'm making a few assumptions. I'm assuming that angels are the size of people, and I'm assuming that there's about a million angels in a square kilometer, which is like this to this. Like it's pretty tightly packed. But over on that side, you've got Gosford Waterfront, the stadium. In the middle is where we are. 
Not that heaven centers around this, but in the ocean, past Terrigal Skillion is the last of the angels. They're treading water, and they're all focused in on the middle, and they are all praising the one on the throne. That is a gigantic gathering. Around the throne. And you start to think that the one on that throne must be kind of a big deal. And we'll keep reading. In a loud voice, they were saying, verse 12, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Who's the Lamb? That's Jesus. And they're praising him actually because he died. It's a crazy thing to praise him for. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. See, what you have here in Revelation chapter 5 is an insight, an amazing insight into what's at the heart of ultimate reality. Something that is true not only for the people in this room, but for all people everywhere, in all countries, in all cultures, throughout all centuries. And do you want to know what it's telling us? It's telling us this. God is a big deal. When I first got an iPad, uh, no, an iPod, I was in year 11. I've never had an iPad, they're stupid. Um, It was an iPad mini, okay? And I was so stoked. I went to school and I showed it to this chick that I kind of liked. I was was trying to impress her. And she was like, cool. (laughs) It didn't impress her at all. It definitely didn't make her fall in love with me. And then she pulled out an even newer, better iPod. And I was like, that was so lame. I can't believe, like, I was actually thinking about that the night before, that moment. (laughs) But so many things in life that we think are going to be a big deal. (laughs) So many things in life that we think are going to be a big deal just aren't when you get them into perspective. And right here is the most honest perspective that you can have, yeah? See, take whatever it is that you think is a big deal, And imagine carrying it into this gathering, 10,000 times 10,000 angels, 100 million, all centered in on this throne. And you imagine carrying that in and you imagine tapping an angel on the shoulder and saying, check out my epic exam marks. Hmm? Can I tell you about this band that I'm obsessed with? I kind of like this girl from school. The angel's like, dude, you're missing the point. You could say, like, I got this new iPhone. I don't know what it is. Now, I'm not saying that that there aren't things that matter, but those things matter like a drop of water matters next to an ocean. That's the kind of matters we're talking about here. See, whatever that you think is a big deal at the moment, your holidays, fun, friends, maybe even problems in your life, Whatever you think is a big deal, it's actually really good to realize not any of those are that much of a big deal compared to God. See, God is a big deal. And I find it so helpful to imagine myself in this gathering with 100 million angels face to face with God. Because that's when I realize when I'm there, I'm not going to be worried about my ego, I'm not going to be worried about my reputation. I'm not going to be worried about my successes. My, none of that compares with God. We have an amazing 
God. And tonight, I just want you guys to realize that God is a big deal. He's a seriously big deal. And number two, I want you to realize that God's glory is a big deal. And number three, I want you to realize that people worshiping this God and becoming worshipers of this God is a big deal. Because that's what you see in this passage in verse 13. You see every creature in the whole universe joining in this worship. Now, do you guys know what worship is? It actually comes from the word worth-ship. It's, uh, it's showing the worth of someone. The way you worship shows how much that thing is worth to you. Worth-ship. Okay? And so there is no bigger deal. There is no one more worth it in all of creation than this God. Which is why here you see every creature in the whole universe joining in showing his worthship. It's a big deal that God gets the glory and the honor that he deserves. Guys, I want to just apply that to ourselves. God is a big deal. And so number one, he is worthy of our worthship, our worship. We want to be people who live our whole lives, not just when we sing, Although, guys, actually, when we do sing, which we're going to do again in a minute, why don't you sing in a way that shows how much he is worth to you? But not just when we sing. Let's let our whole lives show his worthship, how much of a big deal he is to us and in the context of the whole universe. There's number one, he's worthy of our worship, but not only our worship. He's worthy of the worship of all people everywhere. You have never met a person who wasn't created by God to worship this God. You haven't met a person for whom Jesus and his death wasn't enough to bring them back to this God so that they can worship him forever. You haven't met a person, a single person in your entire life, who was made to enjoy anything more than worshiping God. And do you know what the great tragedy is? That people on the Central Coast, they live their whole lives ignorant. Or at least care without any care, without any regard for this God. And so he goes, what does that mean? I'm going to ask, what does that mean for two things? This auditorium, this, this, the round, this building we're in, and our summer holidays. Okay, number one, this auditorium. Is this auditorium a big deal? Well, it does have 1,100 seats. It costs, I don't know how much you think this would cost, it costs $5 million to build. Now, um, that's actually probably worth reflecting on for a second, $5 million. You may not realize this, but that's actually dirt cheap for a building this size. You know, the grammar school, Central Coast Grammar down the road, it's building a building similar to this, a little bit smaller, double the price, roughly. The council, Gosford Council's building a building similar to this. It'll seat a similar number of people. That'll cost $30 million, six times the price. Now, this is dirt cheap, and the reason, part of the reason for that is that God has been working in people's hearts, changing them, changing their priorities and their values, so that they will give their money and their time and things sacrificially. And, and also because people in church have been really careful to make sure that the stuff that's here isn't the money, every dollar, it's not wasted, that it goes a long way, that it's done as cheaply as possible. For example, um, there was an offer made for how much it would cost to put all the, the seats in here. And when we, that was a very good offer, but someone in the church heard about that offer and said, I reckon I could do it cheaper than that. I'll do it for $50,000 cheaper than that. 
So that's the kind of thing that's allowed us to get this thing here. Lots of stuff has been given for free. And a lot of guys, and these guys don't do it for your recognition and they don't want it actually, but it is worth acknowledging. Guys like Scott Linton, Matt Boots, I can't name them all, um, Adrian, these guys have been here pretty much around the clock. I don't think I've ever come to church and them not been here. At, at midnight, two in the morning, whatever, trying to fit this place out so that it goes. Now, why have they done that? Well, it's not just to make a fancy building. In fact, this isn't even a fancy building. It's, it's, it is what it is. It's, actually, reflect on that for a second. It's not a fancy building, but it is something that we want to use and look after. We want to be good stewards, the Bible talks about, which means managers of this gift that God has given us. And in fact, it is built really well. Even though it's, it was you know, done on a shoestring budget, the lights in here, for example, are, are some special kind of lights. I know nothing about lights with the electromagnetic mediation or, or whatever. And they, but they, these, all these lights in this whole place will cost less to run than the main hall will. Um, this, this thing's just been put together really well. And why is that? Why did all those people put all that stuff in? It's to allow us to reach people. And because of that, we want to look after it, EV Youth. I don't, want, I don't want us to be the people that break it. Let's let the adults break it. Um, but at the end of the day, is this building a big deal? Who thinks yes? A couple of you. Who thinks no, not really? Okay, well, I'm on your team. God is a big deal. God is a big deal. This building, it's just a tool. It's like a hammer. It's a tool to help us to worship him to help us to bring people to become worshippers of him. And so guys, as you sit there, make sure you don't get big heads. Make sure you don't think we've arrived. We haven't arrived. Our job isn't finished until this building's full. And every single person on the Central Coast is a worshipper of God showing his worship. And if God does deserve to be worshipped by uh, every single person, that helps us to answer the question of, is this building too big? If we know that anyone who believes in Jesus gets eternal life, if you did not know that, anyone who believes in Jesus gets eternal life, and anyone who rejects Jesus, they'll pay their own punishment for their sins, which the Bible says is hell. And Jesus is the only way, because he's the only one that died for sins. Well, how big should this building be? Well, it's not for us, is it? It's for telling people about Jesus so that they can believe in him. It's for the people outside the walls who need to hear about Jesus. And that's why there are so many empty seats. In fact, under those things that look like pillows, but they're not, there's more seats. Because we just, it's room for people to come and hear about Jesus who saves. So is it too big? Well, how many teenagers are there on the Central Coast? Do you guys know? 40,000, apparently. I didn't count. But there are about 40,000 teenagers on the Central Coast, which means, if anything, this building is probably a little bit on the small side. <laughs> but it's a start. And together, we've got to try and fill it. Do you guys see your role in this? You are personally responsible to help us reach the Central Coast with the good news of Jesus, to help create worshippers because our God is a seriously big deal and it is seriously worth it. And so EV Youth, will you take personal responsibility? You, 
in your seat to invite your mates and maybe people who aren't even your mates yet. Maybe people who live on your street or in sporting teams that you will join so that you can help bring people here. Will you personally pray for them? Will you talk to them about Jesus? Will you invite them to Summerfest over January? Will you bring them to youth next year? That's how God being a big deal shapes how we think about this auditorium. But number two, seeing that God is a big deal shapes how we think about summer holidays. Does anybody here like summer? Anybody? Come on, you can make more noise than that. Who likes summer? Apparently not as many as I thought. You can make more noise than that. Who likes summer? (laughs) That's good. Well, what do you like about it? I don't know, yell stuff out. The beach, some people at the beach. Anyone not like the beach? A couple of people don't like the beach. Interesting. (laughs) What do you like about summer? Grace, what do you like about summer? Oh, you're not Grace. I don't have my glasses on. That's awkward. What do you like about summer under that? Oh, Marianne. Sorry. You said the sun? I think that's what you said. Christmas. Okay, there's lots of good stuff about summer. Now, I don't know what's a big deal for you about summer. I don't know whether it's a big deal for you that you get to spend a lot of time at the beach. I don't know whether it's a big deal for you that you get to play a lot of computer games. None of those things are a big deal compared with God. And when you start to realize how much of a big deal God is, it starts to change what you think is a big deal. For example, last week I asked my girlfriend to marry me. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. Better news, she said yes, which I was pretty happy about. And... um. It, it was an amazing day. It was probably one of the happiest days in my life. But was that a big deal? Yes. Is the day that we get married a big deal? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I think. Not really. I mean, it is in some ways. It will, it's a permanent thing, yeah? <laughs> it will change our whole lives, no doubt. But you know what? Me and Monique, we won't be married in heaven. True story, we won't be married in heaven. The day, I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, sad. That's... That's only for this life. Do you know what was a bigger deal to me, and I say this honestly... And a day that I was happier, it was the day I became a Christian. Because I didn't just get some chick, although she is probably the most awesome chick on the planet, and I kid you not, suckers. Um, (laughs) But the day I became a Christian was the day I got eternal life with God. That's like the best thing ever. I'm not kidding. That is a big deal. I probably broke a microphone or something. But in fact, you know what? Lots of the days of my life are bigger deals than the day I asked my girlfriend to marry me. Last Sunday, I invited a mate from footy to church and he came. That was a big deal because he got to hear about Jesus. And as long as Jeff can pick him up, he's coming again this week. 
The day that I opened up my Bible and said, God, please speak to me, and he did. That was a big deal. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) The day that I taught my year one and two Sunday school class about God, that was a big deal. Thank you, thank you. Let me ask you this. How will you use your summer holidays? See, we have to get God's perspective if we want our lives to count. Getting a job is not a big deal. Unless that job means you stop coming to youth group and then you drift away from God, that's a big deal. Who your friends are is not a big deal. Unless your friends drag you away from God, that's a big deal. Or unless you can use your friends to somehow get them along to youth group so they become Christians, that's a big deal. But how will you use your summer holidays? Will you use them to help people see how much of a big deal God is? How amazing he is. Will you use them to start to grow in your understanding of why God is such a big deal? Did you guys hear about Zach Young? He was the teenage guy. I think he did. Um, He got killed um, this month up in Coffs Harbour by a shark. He was a teenager. But I want you to have a look at this article, the next one. Can you read that headline? Shark attack victim Zach Young's funeral points to Jesus as Savior. Do you know 1,500 people watched his funeral? They gave out 1,000 Bibles at his funeral. And I don't know if you saw the headlines, but it made it around the whole world. My sister's in England at the moment. And she vibed me, or have you said it? And she said, I heard about this guy called Zach. Channel 10, the ABC, the Sydney Morning Herald, the Daily Telegraph, they all covered this. And I want to read to you from the Daily Telegraph. This is from like a newspaper that, who knows how many people read. He passed away peacefully, no pain. This is, by the way, a quote from one of his friends who was there with him in the water when he got hit. With his last words to me being... I love you, brother. And then he began to pray. Please, God, my Lord and Savior, help protect my friends and help me through this time of need. And then he went unconscious. I'm still reading from the Daily Telegraph. You will always be in our hearts, brother. You'll never be forgotten and forever missed. Love you, man. Rest in peace. And another quote from the Daily Telegraph. He died doing what he loved to do, Lindsay said. He loved God and surfing. I love the order that even she, she's probably not a Christian, but she knew for Zach it was God and surfing. And all this month, I've been amazed at the way that Zach's death has pointed people to Jesus as his saviour. And who knows how many thousands of people heard about Jesus through his death. But I've been reflecting on it. And I realise that Zach's death only pointed to Jesus as his saviour. Because Zach's life pointed to Jesus as his saviour so clearly. Everybody knew. You read these articles, and I've read a lot of them. You, you realise everybody knew what was his number one. Not surfing. God. He wasn't a boring, knit your own jumper, kind of closet, armchair, Christian. I don't know. He wasn't like that. 
He had joy from God because he was saved and he was the life of the party. But everybody knew what he was on about. In fact, he was starting an internship with the organization Youth for Christ, teaching people about Jesus. He shone for Jesus brightly in his life and that is what allowed him to shine even brighter for Jesus in his death. Was his death a tragedy in some ways? Yes, but in some ways it was right on the money for what this life is about. And thousands of people heard about Jesus the Savior. What is your life pointing to? What is at the center? What's the biggest deal in your life? And how will that change the way that you spend this summer? Get into your Bible every day. Spend time praying. Encourage your Christian mates. Summer fest. I'm talking about extreme or 1150. Is anyone going? Yeah. Good. Invite every single person that you know in any way possible. I don't know. I heard people knocking on doors. I've heard of people putting them in letterboxes. I've heard of people, I actually haven't heard of this, but I hope this has happened, going down to the beach with them. Uh, Invite everyone, grab a bunch of flyers on your way out. Uh, They'll be at the doors. But guys, here's where I'm finishing. This summer and next year with this auditorium, the round, we are on mission. And I'm praying that you join us in that because, well, this building's not a big deal, but God is a big deal. And look around. Just look at those seats. Look behind you. Guys, let's fill those seats because God is a big deal because he is worth it. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders in a loud voice they were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain. Why don't I pray? Father, please bring revival to the Central Coast. Please bring thousands of teenagers to come to know you as uncompromising disciples of you, all about the glory of your name. And we pray that, Lord, you would be so kind to use us in that. In Jesus' amazing name, we pray. Amen.